0: Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. This week, I'm responding to a question from a mom on my Facebook page. She asked about her son's transition to using a toilet. He was well on his way to diaper-free days, and she thought he'd just about made the leap. But lately, he seems to prefer the floor to the toilet. She says she's annoyed, understandably, and wondering what happened. Before I begin, I just want to mention that both of my books, No Bad Kids and Elevating Childcare, are available on audio at audible.com and they're also in paperback at Amazon and in ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and apple.com. Also, you might be interested in my new resource. It's called Sessions and these are private consultations that I've had with parents who agreed to be recorded and they're available through my website you might want to listen in. There's all kinds of topics covered that may or may not resonate with you. You can go to my website and there's on the top toolbar, it says sessions. And if you click on that, you will see all the descriptions of the different consultations and um, you can download them separately or as a set uh, for a discounted price. So please check them out. Many parents have told me they're finding them helpful. So I'm thankful for that. Okay, here's the question I received on my Facebook page. I'm annoyed and hope someone can help. We've been letting our almost three-year-old son come to using the toilet naturally and at his own pace. He went two to three weeks without wearing a diaper except at night and had no accidents. However, for the past few days, he started peeing in his underwear or on the floor, even a couple feet away from the toilet. He's even done it while nude, so it's not like he couldn't get undressed in time. What's most confusing to me, though, is that he has no accidents out and about, even if we're out all day. He'll tell me he has to use the toilet, and we'll wait until we get to one. So why only at home? Note, there's been some sibling rivalry lately. He has a -a six-and-a-half-month-old sister. Okay, I'm really glad she added that part because that brings all this into uh, making a lot more sense. Okay, so very interesting situation. Here's a little boy who already two to three weeks into toilet learning is able to go on outings and wait for toilets and use the toilet appropriately. So that's pretty impressive. Just generally, children's process with toilet learning is, you know, it can be kind of in fits and starts. and each child has their own individual progression and timetable for this. And when there are things like a new baby or some other big transition going on, then oftentimes they maybe slip back a little bit because they're just <laughs> overwhelmed with other things. And, you know, this is something they've really stepped up to, ideally because they wanted to and they've chosen this as their accomplishment. That's what this parent has allowed and that's wonderful. That's definitely the way to a healthy process for him where he's not going to be uh, using toilet learning as a place for resistance and a place to assert himself and his will. He's chosen this for himself and so therefore, he gets to own it. It becomes a success in his quest for autonomy as a child this age. So all of that is very positive. What I'm thinking is going on here is something that's actually kind of common. I hear about this a lot with parents. It's a kind of protest, a statement (laughs) that, you know, is very deliberate in action. You know, the fact that he's walking towards the toilet, and then he's peeing on the floor. It's obviously deliberate. But the impulse to do it It's still an impulse that he doesn't understand. He doesn't know why do I want to do this, but I do. And what that comes from is uh, a feeling that children get that we're not hearing them. We're not getting the message that they are not happy campers completely. And so they show us in these areas where they do have power. Some children do this through their play. They will play in a very destructive way. Sometimes the parents wonder, oh, was this my child being creative or was there a message here? Generally, you can see, I mean, children, especially a three-year-old child or even a two-year-old child can feel the difference between a focused exploration of materials and being creative and a little bit of a like, hello, look at me, I'm, <laughs> I'm making a mess here. And it's important for us to see the difference because one of them is self-directed, focused, productive play. And the other one is, hello, everything's not right in my world and you aren't noticing this enough. I need you to notice this more. And that's what I think is going on here because the uh, six and a half month old sister is, as she said, there's a rivalry going on. And yes, this is a huge adjustment for him. And oftentimes children have feelings around this that parents aren't able to recognize in the moment. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But then he goes out and, you know, he shows you that he actually does not want to be going around <laughs> with wet underwear. He doesn't want to, you know, be in an uncomfortable situation. So he, he is able to control it there. But when he's home where he feels, you know, safe, then he feels comfortable to share with you something's not good with me. Now, the way to help him with this and to help yourselves with this, because obviously you don't want this going on, is to, first of all, in the moment, notice it, but notice it from a place of curiosity and that you want to understand and that you want him to share that feeling with you, that feeling of wanting to to pee somewhere other than the toilet. You want to know that impulse. You want to understand where that's coming from. So, this doesn't mean you go into a long uh, discussion when he does it. I'm not suggesting that. I'm trying to suggest a perspective that will help you not to get angry about this. You know, our perspective is the key to managing our emotions around things and being able to handle them in a, a way that's, that's helpful. So when you see that he's done something like this, or you hear about it, because children often will come and tell you, oh, look, oh, whoops, I, <laughs> look what I did, because they want us to see, I would say, oh, wow, you know, you know, that's not okay, and wow, you felt like doing that. You might ask, do you feel like you need diapers when you're at home? Would that make you feel better? I can't let you do this, so... I want to figure this out with you. But yeah, I see. Wow, you're feeling like you want to show me you can pee on the floor. So that's the attitude. And then what's even more important is for you to work on recognizing all the negativity that's coming out of him throughout the day. And it won't necessarily be directed towards his sibling at all. So, it's not going to be very clear to us that it's connected to this, but we still have to try to. And I would do this all the time write on your hand, acknowledge, 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 and acknowledge first. So, when he says things like, I don't like, you know, my breakfast this morning. Um, and it's the breakfast that he always likes and, and maybe you've given him an option and he's chosen that one and now he's telling you this. Then instead of saying, well, this is the breakfast that you like or, well, you can have that other breakfast another day or something else that kind of resolves and fixes it or explains it, explains our end. Really allow that feeling to live. Allow that feeling to have space wow, you're really not liking that breakfast today. That's not tasting good to you. Not adding anything on, not trying to fix it or say, this is totally unreasonable. Why are you saying this? Really understanding that these feelings are representative of more general feelings that he's having. And they come out in these specifics, but they are all part of this dis-ease that he needs to be able to share with you and if you could remember that you know and again let me think of another example um I don't want the baby to touch this thing whatever it is this this toy of mine (laughs) but then you notice well he's not moving it away he's putting it near there and so that doesn't make any sense And that's where our reminders will come from. Our reminders will come from us saying to ourselves, well, that doesn't make any sense. You know, why is he doing this? And then that should make it even more clear to you that this is a theme that's going on for him. He just needs to complain. He just needs to be able to have that be okay with us and that we hear it and that we're interested in it and we're fine with it. And we are not going to try to push back against it in any way the nicest possible way or any other way. So he says, I don't want her to touch that. Wow, you're really not liking when she touches that. I guess I say wow a lot. (laughs) So that might not be what you say, but that's just sort of what comes out of me. So obviously this has to feel like you noticing something, like you interested in something and validating, you know, that he has a right to feel whatever he wants to feel. So you'll see that and you'll say, that's really interesting. You don't want her to do that. I mean, if he's grabbing her hand or trying to do something physical with her, then I would say, you know, you really don't want her to touch that. I'm, I'm not going to let you move her. I'm not going to let you touch her. If you really don't want her to touch that, you can move it. But I hear you. You're not liking this. So this is very, very challenging. For me, for anyone I've ever worked with, it's so challenging to remember to just acknowledge and let the feeling be and let it sit and let the desire be acceptable to you. Some of the behavior that goes along with it, we've got to stop. We've got to intervene. We've got to say, no, I can't let you do that. So with one hand, we're saying stop. And the other hand, we're saying, yeah, you want to do that. You want to, you know, strangle me. You want to... You don't want her to touch that. You don't want this breakfast. But you know the hand, the other hand that's up is saying this is a breakfast I'm serving you. So that limit is there. But yeah, tell me how much you don't like that. Tell me how much you don't want that. You know, I want to know how you feel about things. Giving him that message all the time that we want to know how he feels. It doesn't intimidate us. It doesn't uh, annoy us. <laughs> um, these are just feelings that are passing through him that he needs to share. In fact, we want to hear them. We want to encourage him to share them. So if he can tell us how much he doesn't like his breakfast and how much he doesn't want his sister to touch something or, you know, all the other things, and we'll for- you'll forget. I mean, we do forget. And that's why I said, like, write it on your hand. Acknowledge. It is a magic word. Not magic in that it takes feelings away or fixes them, but magic in that it allows them to be shared so that they don't have to come out in all these ways, like peeing on the floor or doing something destructive or doing something out in public that you don't want them to do or, you know, all the other things. So if we can take care of it in all these like manageable situations by allowing those feelings to live, then we will be less likely to have to deal with those really inconvenient, um, awful ones. (laughs) So what I love about children this age is that they're so kind of clear in their unclear, complicated ways. They're very, very clear. If something's coming up uh, regularly, then it's his way of saying, hello, here's my flag. Like, do you see? (laughs) Do you see that everything's not right? And they're really good at sharing it uh, in these early years. So it's a precious time. It gets more difficult for them later on, especially if they feel that they're not fully acceptable to us. So I hope this maybe sheds a little light on at least my perspective on this. And I do think that following this advice will, will help. And thank you so much for asking me about this. Please check out some of my other podcasts. They're on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And I've written a lot of articles on JanetLansbury.com. And of course, if you want to read things condensed into easy chapters... Then, No Bad Kids and Elevating Child Care are my books. They're available on audio at audible.com and a paperback at Amazon and an ebook at Amazon, Barnes Noble, and Apple.com. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for listening. We can do this.